Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Uh, We have been studying the aspect, we're in the fourth month, April, uh, but the fourth uh, aspect of discipleship, which is me. And if we remember me equals Thank you, Whitney. Whitney says, woohoo, I have a sleeping baby next to me, or I'd be cheering too. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you. So we have been sharing um, the uh, aspect of discipleship, which is me, but me equals what? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. So I'm going to now mute everyone. Uh, Malcolm, can you just be in First Corinthians for me? And I will unmute you when it is time okay and so on saturday we we went through um the first we said that in the aspect of me what we want to do is to make sure we are not remember that and so we went to the first not and our first not was that we had to make sure that we were not leaving jesus out of the journey and we walked through that um, we talked about um, how you can be on the right path and forget Jesus's presence we talked about how you can be walking towards Jesus and let the waves of life steal your focus but we also add and your joy and then we talked about how you can decide you have enough and know enough and end up in the wrong place because you've made yourself Lord in your own life okay so those were the 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 three different aspects of leaving Jesus out of the journey that we talked about. And so tonight we are on the second, what we have to make sure we are not, okay? And so tonight we have to make sure we are not missing what Jesus is really saying. Missing what Jesus is really saying. One of the things, um, as you get some of you who don't know us yet, but you will get to know us. One of the things that Pastor and I, Alex and I always say, if someone comes and they wanna talk to us, they wanna share something, as soon as you say, it's God, I need you to understand, we tap out. Because once you say it's God, to us, there's really nothing to say. But here's what Pastor Alex will say. If it's God, we'll know. And if it's not God, we'll know. And that's, a, and that's very true. But a lot of times people are saying things are God and yet they have missed a piece of what God has actually said or, or they have reinterpreted what God is actually saying. And so I use this analogy. If, if right now God was to say to you, and okay, let me tell you guys this, where it says, in, um, on the bottom, there's a thing that says reactions, if you can see it. And so it has a thumb up and a hand up. Okay, so I'm gonna ask a question. And so if God were to say to you right now, I'm, I want you to make a water bottle. Let me rephrase it. I'm, I want you, yeah, I, I want you to make a water bottle. What is the first thing you're going to do? 
You can raise your hand if you don't know the feature. You can raise your hand. Okay, Malcolm, what's the first thing you're gonna do? How do you make it? Hmm? No, I said, what is the first thing you're going to do? Is, is you're gonna ask the question, is that what you're saying? You're saying if God asked me to make a water nope. bottle? I said, if God said, you're gonna make a water bottle, you're going to make a water bottle, what is the first thing you're going to do? I, I, I'll retract my hand. You don't have to. Okay. <laughs> so I'm saying what, what you just said was a statement. I'm saying, are you saying you're going to ask? I would say, how, so what should I do first? Okay. Who else? Somebody else? I would wait for instruction. Who's that? Dia. Okay. Who else? Because I said I'm going to make it. No, hold, no, no, no. Just give me the answer. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So you said that you would wait for instruction. Okay. Who else? Okay. Unmute yourself, Farah. What would you do? Um, I would write down what he said. I always write down the date and what he said. Okay. Somebody. So that would be my first thing. Okay. Somebody else? Anybody else? Don't be afraid. <laughs> Looks like fear in your eyes. Okay. So let me say this. Most people go, I'm going to, I'm going to get a URL. I'm going to start writing down. Um, I'm going to go research how to make a water bottle, right? Because he said, go make a water. I'm going to, I want you to go make a water bottle. I want to research how to make a water bottle. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to start thinking about the name of my water bottle. You know, I'm going to start putting all these, most people do not. Now I want to give kudos because you know what? I might actually be a, a decent teacher because three people who have been with Kay have actually well, had, well, two people actually had some smart things to say. Malcolm, you said the right thing in the beginning and then you second guessed yourself, which was, I would ask God, right, what to do next. Most of us will not ask God what to do next. We will hear, I want you to make a water bottle and assume that means right now. The, the, one of the things that we do not, we don't remember is this. The Bible says this, that God shows the end from the beginning. So making the water bottle is the end of a thing. How to get to the end now has to be what we are willing to do, which is this, wait. And most of us are just so excited that God has given us something or shown us something that we start to run out so fast and we're not, we have not listened and got a complete picture or even got the really the first instruction. So let's talk about missing what Jesus is really saying. I want you to take down the definition of the word missing. So to miss something, when you're missing something, it means this, um, it's failure to notice, to hear or understand. Failure to notice, to hear or understand. It is also this, not able to be found because it's not in its expected place. Not able to be found because it is not in its expected place. So here's three things I want you to, I'm sorry, uh, 
Hold on, Minister Sue. There's Could you repeat the last one? The last one is not able to be found because it is not in, in, in its expected place. It's not in its expected place, okay? So I want you to write down these three questions. Number, uh, write down this phrase, when God speaks, do I, okay? Number one, do I wait for further instruction before moving? Do I wait for further instruction before moving? Number two, do I decide what I should do with the word instead of following God's instructions to a T? Do I decide what I should do with the word instead of following God's instructions to a T? So number one is, do I wait for further instructions before moving? And then number two is, do I, uh, do I decide what I should do with the word instead of following God's instructions to a T? And then number three, do I determine we got this and blame it on God when it doesn't work? Do I determine we got this and blame God when it doesn't work? And these are real questions that you have to ask yourself and really do some reflection about. I don't, and I'm not talking about right now. I want you to take these after we're done and really do some reflection. May, may, be, may have been things you've done before, may have be things you, you're doing now, but it's definitely things that you do not want to do in the future. So a lot of us don't wait for further instruction we start moving because we are so excited. We are so excited about what God is saying. We are so excited about what we've heard. And this is the one thing I always say to people, you have to stand on what God said until he says the next thing. You have to stand on what God said until he says the next thing. See, what we do is we run with what God said and then we, are, we put ourselves in a position to miss what he then is going to say. And so we miss it because we're not able to be found in the expected place. See, it's not so much about God is, hasn't moved out of place, we move out of place. So when God is ready to say the next thing, we're missing because we can't be found in the place where the first word began because we've already moved on or decided what that word was and have, have not waited for God to say the next thing or to, to give us the next piece, okay? Number two, a lot of us decide what we should do with the word. We don't stop and say, God, I just heard you say, you want me to make a water bottle. I don't even understand what that really means because I know I have no idea how to make a water bottle. I don't even know why you would want me to make a water bottle. So Father, I have to wait till you give me further instruction and not just to decide what I think you're saying because I need to know exactly what you're saying. 
I have to know what you're saying because I don't want to miss you and I don't want to miss it. See, you can miss God and miss it at the same time. And we don't want to be in that position. And then the third one, we have to, to it goes back to that me, that we theology that is an error. A lot of time God gives the plan and then we decide what we need to be doing. And then when what we decided doesn't work out, we're mad at God. And so here are three things to uh, what I need us to really focus on. What God is saying is crucial because, write that down. What God is saying is crucial because. And now I'm gonna show you some scripture. We're gonna go into the word of God to, I hope, give us a clear frame that doesn't cause us to miss what God is really saying. So here's three things that you've got to know about God that will help you stay on, should help you stay on a pretty good path. Number one, God is specific when he speaks. God is specific. I'm just gonna use the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, when Moses is introduced, is a story about Moses taking the children of Israel out of Egypt into a promised land. God is not only specific with Moses in how to do it, God is specific with Moses to even tell Pharaoh what he will do if he does not let them go. God is then specific once they, are, they leave and are in the wilderness about the things that he wants the children of Israel to do while they're there. God is specific on how to build the tabernacle. God, right? Too so specific, he was like, take this much acacia wood, this much silver, you know what I mean? To the fine detail, he's specific about who the Levites are. He's specific about who the priests will be, what lineage they will come from. He is specific, I mean, to the fine detail, it blows my mind when you look at all the things that God lays out in, in how he builds the temple. What is gonna be in the holies of holies? Who can touch the Ark of the Covenant? Who cannot? God is specific. And I think so many times we think God is abstract or you know what I mean? And God is very specific. When God speaks to us, he's speaking specifically to you about something specific he either wants to do in you or get out of you. He's very specific. So when it seems like it is very broad, then you know that there is more that he needs to say because God is detailed. And God wants to make sure that we are in the fine details, that we are paying attention. My, my, my husband's um, interior design and, and, and um, home improvement company is called Attention to Detail. God wants to make sure we are paying attention to every detail. All like, like we were talking about last week when, when Kim was talking about obedience, she was saying, it's not always the big things, it's those small things. God is paying attention to everything. 
big and small. And he needs us to pay that much attention. But he is specific, guys. If he is going to tell you where to go, what to build, and how to do it, trust me that he has a plan laid out. He has um, the schematics for it. He knows how big it needs to be, what you need to use to create it. This is not a just building it and they will come. You need to wait for God to give you the specifics. And a lot of times the specifics will be, they will be mind blowing because you're like, I would, have, I would have never thought to do that like that. I would have never even thought that I'd be the person to lead something like that. I never thought that God would want me to use this, you know, this thing that I thought was a hobby to bless other people. You know what I'm saying? But God is specific. So you have to make sure that your ear is tuned and that when he begins a thing, that that's not the end of a thing. When God begins speaking, that's not the end of him speaking. Okay, number two, what God is saying is crucial because God is not confused about his plan or his decisions. God is not confused about his plans or his decisions. So Malcolm, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. I'm gonna say it again. God is not confused about the plan, his plan, or his decisions. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. And read it in the NIV, Malcolm, and the uh, message, please. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Again, in the NIV, it says that God, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. And then in um, the message, mm -hmm. verse 33 says, um, You can read the whole portion. Is that okay? Okay. So here's what I want you to do. When you gather for worship, each one of you be prepared with something that will be useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. If prayers are offered in tongues, two or three's the limit. And then only if someone is present who can interpret what you're saying. Otherwise, keep it between God and yourself. And no, and no more than two or three speakers at a meeting with the rest of you listening. Take your turn, no one person taking over. Then each speaker gets a chance to say something special from God. And you all learn from each Hold other. Hold on, Malcolm. Hold on one second. When we worship. 33. It's... So, uh, uh, sorry, one, hold on one second. I'm going to give you the portion that I want you to read, okay? Is it when we worship? No, no, no. Hold on one second. You're going back a little far. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, go to uh, when we worship. Yep. When we worship the right way, God doesn't stir us up into confusion. He brings us into harmony. This goes for all the churches, no exceptions. So it says this, God doesn't stir up into confusion. So if God 
doesn't stir up us up into confusion or the NIV will say disorder, then we need to know that God is not confused about his plans or his decisions. He's not confused about his, 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 his plan for the bride. He's not, he's not uh, confused about his plans for you or the decisions that he makes on your behalf. And so the word confusion in this text means that he's not unstable, he's not unsettled, he's not out of control or disordered. We're not supposed to be unstable, unsettled, out of disorder or out of control. And so God is not unstable. God is very settled in the decisions that he's made and the plans that he's made. And so when God shares a thing about your life, which is a part of the plan for your life, you need to understand that he's not confused. That even when it doesn't make sense to you does not mean that God is confused about what he said. And so you've got to know that because he's specific, that he's not confused when he brings something to you that doesn't make sense to you. It's not about making sense to you. It's about him being glorified in the earth and his kingdom being established. And so there are some things that God knows you won't do within yourself because you still have limiting beliefs about yourself. So God may call you to do the most outrageous thing and you do it just because, just in faith for who he is and you realize that it was in you all the time. You realize, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even know I could, I didn't even know this was in me. I didn't even know I could think like this or see like this. But because God is very sure about the plan for your life, he needs you to be just as sure. So understand, God is not confused about his decisions or his plans. Number three, God is a way of escape, not the one to escape or avoid. God is a way of escape, not the one to escape from or avoid. Do you know how many of us are try, try to avoid or escape what God is asking us to do or calling us to do or escape God's correction or conviction? or escape getting real about the things that we need to shift or, 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 or uh, transform in our lives. God is a way of escape, but he is not the thing that we should be trying to escape or avoid. And that's what happens when we're missing what he's saying. When we're trying to, when you miss something, it's also, it's, um, it's also a way of escaping. And so Malcolm, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And then in the message, it says this, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. I love that. Let's just stop right there. There is no test, there is no temptation that goes beyond what anyone else has had to face. So when you are in your woe is me pity party and you think that no one else has had to go this way, deal with this, be, you know, have to come up against this, verse 13 is telling you, that there is nothing beyond the course that you're on and that, that 
others have not faced. So you are not alone. And it says this, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Here's the thing. God will stretch you, but he knows your limit. And the great thing is that when you hit your limit, that's when he becomes limitless. So God knows where your limit is, and then he becomes limitless within you. So that's why it says when you are weak, he is made strong. He understands that there is only so far he can push you before you're going to break because you are, there is still a, hum, a humanity to you. But where your humanity breaks, your divinity will flourish. That's where the divine nature in you, the spirit of God, begins to soar when you allow your huma humanity to stop and allow your spirit to take over. That's when he becomes limitless. So the thing is, is that he is going to always provide a way of escape. Escape means this, coming out from something into something else. I love this. Escape also means this, to move forward. When you exegete the scripture, that word escape means to move forward. It also means this, a new destination. And finally, it's a successful way out. Think of all the times that you tried to get yourself out of something and it was not successful. You were still in it and trying to try to convince everybody else that you were out. <laughs> and everybody was like, sure looks like you're still in there. Like, oh no, no, I'm out. I'm oh no, no. You know, you're in a relationship with a friend or, uh, or the opposite sex and you're like, oh no, we're not together anymore. Oh no, I'm out of that situation. And yet everybody's like, it still really feels like y'all still together no 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 we're okay because you didn't know how to do it successfully you cannot provide your own way of escape only christ can provide your way of escape and when he provides it it's successful and his provision brings you to a new destination so if you are standing in the same place trying to say that you're free you're not mm -hmm. god has not god has not brought you from something to a new destination. And so God is the way of escape and not the one to escape or avoid. We're trying to escape some things that God is really trying to press us into. Even right now, do you know that some of you are escaping to the television right now? Some of you are escaping to the internet right now. Some of you are escaping to social media. Some of you are escaping to the phone. Some of you are escaping and don't realize that your escape is becoming depression mm -hmm. because right now mm -hmm. is the greatest time for you to run into Jesus, to mm -hmm. come smack dab and have a, a, a come to Jesus with Jesus, mm -hmm. <laughs> to have your own front row face-to-face -face meeting where God can get real specific mm -hmm. and get real clear about what he wants to do in your life and what he needs you to be doing right now in this hour. Some of you got some instruction before the pandemic hit. And since the pandemic, you forgot what God said to you right before the pandemic happened. Some of you, I'm just gonna go through it. Some of you have gotten something in the midst of this and you have reinterpreted because you're trying to get it to fit in this moment and make you feel good in this moment. This is not a moment to fix what God is saying. 
This is a moment where you need to allow him to speak as more clearly than he ever has in your life. And then some of you are really sitting there like, oh, we got this. I got, I'm good. We good. We good. We good. You know, no, 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 no. Saying you're good over and over doesn't make you good. And so a lot of us are in a place of denial because we don't want to, what we don't want to do is get into the place of confrontation with ourselves. That's good. And confrontation should only be for the sake of unity. So God is trying to get his bride to unify together and with him. And most of us are trying to avoid and escape the, the level of union he is requiring right now. And so he has been very clear in saying, hey, I'm, I've called you in the house. He's been very clear to say, this is about reevaluation re and resetting and getting things in order. And a lot of us are trying to distract ourselves. And what we don't realize we're doing is we're missing what Jesus is really saying. And so God is specific. God is not confused. And God is the way of escape. So with everything that is happening right now, we cannot miss what Jesus is really saying. The church, the bride cannot miss what Jesus is saying. You need to understand that right now, your life depends on not missing what Jesus is saying. Not what the news is saying, what Jesus is saying. Do you know every day there's a, contra a, con uh, a, a story that contradicts another story? There are numbers that contradict the other numbers. Somebody says a peak is today. Another person says the peak is next week. You need to hear what Jesus is telling you about you and your household. You need to know what Jesus needs you to do right now to protect you and your household. Leaning into the media, we, have, we are making the media our God right now. Mm. We are making the media our God. We are allowing, uh, and I'm going to say this, we might get off this call, and I, I'm, God bless you. But we are allowing fake prophets and, and, and ministers on social media to feed our spirit more than we are getting into the word and finding what God needs, wants to say to us. We're trying to find the next word of who is saying this. and who, Stop listening to everybody in this hour because everybody is not listening to God. People are trying to build up their, their mega ministries to monstrosities right now. People, you know what I'm saying? People are missing what's really going on. So this is not a time to follow people. This is a time to follow Jesus. That's why we were, look, Tanya said something so brilliant to me. She said, Pastor Kai, can you believe that when God gave you and Pastor Alex this, the first six months were for us to be made? And she said, and if we, like you've been saying, we're probably not gonna see, be out of here till June that when we're released, it's for us to be in the making season. Look at the fact that March was when we were learning how to follow. Hmm. So the question now is, what are you doing in April? <laughs> Who are you following in April? Who is the loudest voice in your ear in April? Fear should be fading quicker and quicker 
because we, our faith is being renewed and strengthened more and more because we're leaning into him and not into them and that and this and they. Yvette was on Saturday. Who was affected by COVID-19? Who had it and had more praise on her lips than people who don't have any kind? Like, she had every right to have some, some trepidation and some fear. And yet she was standing in faith and praise because she knew her God, right? Being Using wisdom, social distancing, not going out, not a, but knew that God would heal her. Not because I said it, not because you said it because she has kept her ear close to the Lord. What are you saying to me, God? What do I need to be doing? Now that I'm here, help me to heal from here. And a lot of us, it, it's not a physical condition, but you got some heart stuff right now that you need to be asking God, help me to heal from here. You got some mindsets that are still stuck that you need to be asking God, heal me from here. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.